Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, I think this is going to be uh, one of those shows that uh, you're not going to have any energy. <laughs> you're not going to have any energy left to do anything after tonight's show, Brian. I truly believe that. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, Brian, we got a treat for everybody tonight. We're going to talk about some things that a lot of people probably take uh, when they see it. They probably just think, you know what? She's got it easy. Or he, you know, look at him. He's got all, he's got everything all in in order and and all the women are after him. And and that woman, look at her. She can just choose from any man that she wants. You know what I'm talking about, Brian? Yeah. You know, not that I've uh, actually experienced that, but. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's just, it's just like that. It, it's like that, and people look. People judge you by the way that you look a lot of times. It, it, are they right for doing that, Brian? You know, it's hard to say because first impressions are usually the ones that are lasting. And so people, you know, by default will judge you based on their first encounter with you. Mm. Mm. Well, you know what? But then, but then, Brian, what about when they see you all the time and, 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 they, and they say, well, you know what, look at that woman. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. And then all of a sudden in their mind they go to thinking she's married, she's got this, she's got that. And a lot of times, Brian, that's just not true. A, a lot of men will see beautiful women, and they'll assume all those things, and that woman can be single but he'll never know because a lot of times he's intimidated or she's intimidated to go speak or talk to the guy or the girl or the the man to go talk to the woman. Why is that? You know, I think that's what we're going to discuss tonight. But, you know, the short answer that I would give is just that, you know, it's perception. You know, I've talked to people um, from both sides of the equation, ones who were afraid to go and approach a beautiful person and you know, people who are beautiful, quote-unquote, beautiful people, you know, that say that they're lonely because no, because everybody's afraid to approach them or they always get approached by the guy who really only wants one thing mm-hmm. or the girl who really only wants one thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But, man, you know, uh, speaking with a lot of beautiful women, they say the same thing. They, a lot of them say, think that, you know, they become... Uh, Single or whatever. Let's say they were married before, and now they're single, and and no one is approaching them. And you know they want a husband. They want to be loved. We all want to be loved. And right. it just seems like it's the hardest thing for them to have someone to that that's sincere to approach them. And a lot of times, Brian, men don't approach them at all. And that's got to be a hurt hurtful thing. But a lot of times, I think after a time after time goes on, a lot of these women and men, they start to look at themselves and they think that something is wrong. But Brian, our guest tonight is going to talk about that, and she's going to tell you there's nothing wrong. There's a reason why you're hidden. There's a, it's a reason why you're covered. There's a reason why this knucklehead or this, this, this woman didn't approach you. It's a reason. It's for a good reason. 
But, Brian, yeah. we're going to have fun tonight. Oh, absolutely. You know, our guest tonight is the incomparable mother, teacher, pastor, author, mentor, covenant partner. What else can I say about her? Friends. Did you say beautiful? Beautiful okay. woman of God. <laughs> and her name is Mikhail Trahan. Are you there? I am here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know it was exactly one year ago when you came on our show and Wow. You know, and I was just looking it up and I wanted to make sure I was right on it, but it was exactly one year ago. It was Monday, August twentieth of two thousand seven. And this is are, our anniversary? This is our one year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, praise the Lord. God's timing is 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 excellent, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Yes, it is. But you know, I, I really, every time I do stuff, I, I don't like to do anything unless God, you know, says it's okay to do it. And even with this show, it was something that I know we all wanted to do. But I was like, Lord, I'm sorry that that I didn't pray and ask if this was something that, that I should do. And right before, you know, I came on, the Lord said, yes, this is something that I, that I want you to do. So, hey, I, I already know it's going to be a great show. Good. You know what? The topic of tonight's show is when beauty is too much. When beauty is too much. Because, you know, I, I, I said earlier that a lot of women, men as well, a lot of times when they're lonely, they've been lonely for a long time, and they're longing for a mate, they're longing for a husband or a wife, and they start to think that something is wrong with them because, it just seems like every the, the the man or the woman that's out there in the streets that's doing wrong, it seems like that person is getting all of the attention, and they are and no one is really paying them any attention, and no one is coming up to them. What would you say to someone that's depressed and they feel like, well, maybe it might be something wrong with me why they won't approach me? You know what? Self-examination is always wonderful. It really is. I mean, um, it's always excellent to look at the person in the mirror first. And like I said, I am one of the, I'm, I am a harshest critic. It's really good to, to, to do a really good self-examination to see what areas that we can improve on, you know, spiritually, mentally, physically. Do our breath stink, something going on with our teeth? What is it, you know, mm-hmm. because, um, when Jesus was presented, he was presented blemishless, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and the, the unspotted lamb. And even when, when God wanted to select sacrifices to sacrifice, they had to be without spot or blemish. So um, we, it's really good. My thing is anytime we want the best from God, my thing is to be God's best or you're going to get whatever you are, you know. And so... I wanted I wanted to make it a point personally to improve myself in every area so that when God is quote unquote finished with me there is no excuse. You understand? Yes. Um that I would draw and attract whatever I am. You understand? Mm-hmm. And, and and in order to, to, to receive God's best, I want to be God's best. And you know, I've prayed for many years for a husband, and I wanted to be, you know, and, I, and, and when I didn't get one and when the husband never showed up, I'm like, okay, well, you know, well, Lord, well, what's wrong with me? I'm always the first person to look in the mirror, so maybe, is there, maybe there's a, a wonderful person that you have 
for me that I'm not ready for yet? Can you please show me the areas of, of improvement that I need? Because one thing, you know, why would God want to give us to someone, um, give us to his best, and, and, and we're not ready? We, we, we may wind up destroying it. There may be past hurts and issues and, you know, things going on in us that where, where we would actually harm the gift or hurt the gift that God is trying to Um, there's always something that we can use room, room for improvement. So I would say, yes, go and look in the mirror and do a checklist. <laughs> I would say that, but not to the point where you're punishing yourself as if you want to go and lay down and die somewhere. I mean, um, first of all, we want to be God's best before we, before we become best for another person. So, Lord, show me in my heart first, in my heart, what what do I need to improve? What is it about my personality that you don't like? Reveal to me, me, show me, me. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's a lot of people. You know, they want wonderful mates, wonderful companions, and 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 my thing is, you know, just really look at yourself. Would you want you? <laughs> mm. Would would you want you? That's one. That's one really good question to ask. Would you want you? So I'm just going to pause right there and let you shoot another question because this is going to be interesting. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you said that, you know, and, and just with that last part, I mean, it kind of sums it all up. Would you want you? I was going to ask the question, you know, what happens when you have this nice mansion of a person and you're this sort of like car that's in, you know, in the, in this uh, restoration stage where, you know, you got a little rust here, you got some, you know, ball tires, you know, you need a paint job, need some interior work, you know, do you not pull the car up there because it's a mansion or do you pull the car up there and then, you know, do you slowly work on it while you're at the mansion? Well, it, it really depends on, the, you know, are, are you talking about in a relationship on yes. so, so far as enough? It really depends on the, the the level of the other person. Is the other person willing to accept your your rust and your bald tires? I mean, what level is that person on? Because really, you know, um, when we're talking about when beauty is too much, um, there are attractive people who are so lonely that they are willing to accept a broken down car. Wow. But the thing is, will it will it last? Will it last? Because hmm. It's just a matter of time, you know. And, yeah. And, and I and the reason I ask that question is because you you have a lot of people who, you know, have great engines mm-hmm. and they have a lot of drive, but they're rusty on the edges, you know. And you might find that one gem of a person when you're looking at the outside of the car and trying to see if that's if that's the car I really want because you know it, it's kind of rusty and needs a paint job wherein it may have a better engine, it may be a better car for you down the line, then mm-hmm. let me stop speaking in analogies. Let's talk about the people. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you might you might find a person who may not have the greatest of job, but he works hard or she mm-hmm. works hard, or they may not have the greatest of, you know, attire, but, you know, they wear it well. You know, I don't have this, I don't, you know, carry a Fendi or, you know, I don't wear the Louis Vuitton boots or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I just go down to Walmart and get me a pair of boots and I'm happy, but I'm a good person in general. You know, so what side do you think is the most important side to look for, in, you know, in, when you're looking for a comparable mate? What I look for, um, I don't know what every, everyone else, but I look for a good heart. You know, I, I'm looking, I would look for someone not necessarily, you know, this, this, is, my, this is my theory. Um, they don't have to be rich. They don't have to be the most handsome. They don't have to have the best body. Just have be a good person. What I'm saying is that I don't want somebody that's so got darn ugly I can't look at you in the morning. I don't want you to be so big till you're going to crush me because I'm about 128 pounds. You know, I, I don't need somebody that's overwhelming on, on, on any degree, but, you know, I can, I would personally could settle for an average person, um, and I'm not making a mating call out there. I'm just, we're just on, on, on that subject. What I look for is someone with a good heart. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and if the person loves you, what I'm looking for, what I would be looking for is love. If that person has the ability to love you and love you the way you need to be loved, to me that is per- perfectly acceptable, you know? Right. And then all the other things can be worked out. Mm. You know, all the yeah. other things, like I said, money can be made, it can be lost. You know, I, I wouldn't be looking for, you know, I'm telling the, the ladies, don't don't be looking for a man with all this money because it can be lost. What if he loses everything? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, you do know, you have, what do you have to work with then? Mm-hmm. You know, Mikhail, I was going to ask you, um, when, uh, let's say a woman, beautiful, such as yourself, uh, they get to a point where they start thinking, my clock is ticking. All of my friends are married. I want to be married. And the next man that come along, she looks okay. But she knows that's not her Adam. But because he's okay and he's average, he'll do. Uh, my clock is ticking. Remember now, my clock is ticking. So uh, mm-hmm. he's okay. I, I think I can make it work. I, mm-hmm. I, I think... I think we can do this. So now all of a sudden they walk down the aisle. She knows for a fact that it's not right. Mm. But but because society has said you should be married by such and such time and you should have such and such amount of children and your friends are married and you're the only one that's not married, is that a really, do you think that happens a, a, a lot more than we think? Um, not so much today as, you know, because of the, the strong woman thing that's going on out there right now because um, I, you know, basically I would want to, to be married, be, be, you know, at a certain time before I turn a certain age. But, but for the most part, um, there's a lot of women after they get past a certain age, they're okay. They're, they're um, comfortable in their own flesh. I've seen women, they, they don't, they don't want to be, they don't care. Mm. They really don't. I've met a lot of them, and, and, and I'm like, well, what is wrong? Do you hate men? And a lot of them say they don't trust them, and a lot of them have been burnt and this, that, and the other, and they, they're not um, having allowed the soft part. I, I know what it feels like to, um, to harden up because mm-hmm. I've, I've been in that situation for that's how I was able to be single for so long. Um, I was single, been single, and it sounds ridiculous to some people, for 18 years. Mm-hmm. almost 18 years, and 10 of those years 
have been totally sold out to Jesus. And, um, well, I've been really sold out for 15 years, but what I mean by um, in ministry involved and not even being concerned about a relationship because the part of me of, of me that feels as a woman was turned off. It was mm. li- literally shut down. And it, it's a comfort zone that some women can put themselves in um, because it's, it's sort of like a, like a shell and a protection. And it would take a right person to come in and tear that thing down and make a woman vulnerable. And I remember it probably was about two or three years ago where one guy just kept trying to penetrate my little armor, and he was like, well, don't you feel, don't, don't you fall in love? And I'm like, no, all I, you know, all I cared about was Jesus and, and the ministry at that time. And, and he was like, well, why don't you allow yourself to be vulnerable? I said, and I told him this one thing, and it just came out. And I said, I am terrified of falling I said, because it hurts so much. And that's one thing people don't want to do. When anytime you fall in love or allow someone to come into your heart, you basically give them free course to hurt you. And, and, that's, and that, that's a risk that you take. Anytime you open up your heart to let somebody come in, they can either hurt you or love you. And that's just a risk. And that's a risk that a lot of people are not willing to take. A lot of women that've been hurt, they don't want to go through that again. Yeah. So, so, so they find other things like food <laughs> to keep themselves comfortable. Yeah. You know what? I, I was going to say this, but uh, in the gym that I work out in, I talk to a lot of the guys in there. And this one particular guy, he's been married, and he knew that this woman wasn't the one for him. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, he's miserable. He is absolutely miserable because it's nothing like what he thought it would be. He was looking at the, her looks, and he was looking at uh, just that physical thing, and now that mm-hmm. physical thing is probably a little old now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, he, I mean, you can see it in his walk. You can see it in his face that, that he's not happy, and it's wow. wearing on him. Yeah, it's wearing on him now because he he said to me, I thought that it would change. I figured that if I did a certain thing, she would change. So why do you think people feel that they can change their their spouse? Why is that? I, I guess it's, you know, I really believe when people meet very attractive people and they're like, oh, well, they're giving me the time of day that, and this is the look that I like, you know, they, they figure that they can, um, I believe it's more of infatuation than love. Mm-hmm. And and they want they they want to mold that person into the rib. They they, they want to fashion that rib. But guess what? Only God can fashion a rib, and that rib is already fashioned. And and I just believe when people see, it's just like whenever you see something in like TJ Maxx or Ross or one of those stores. If you don't get it now, you you're not gonna see it again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And some yeah. people may look at, well, this is my chance. This, I may not come across this again, so I'm just going to take this and run with it. Mm-hmm. So, so that's 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 my opinion on it. You know, and, and I think the sad part about that is that what they they look at the looks and they're thinking that the looks can pretty much just make up for everything else. You know, but, mm-hmm. you know, it says, uh, you know, that flower withers. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and, and then what do you have after that? You know, once you 
once you've gone through those preliminaries and you had your, you know, your fun and what have you, and then, you know, there's nothing else to do, you know, if you haven't built that strong relationship with that person, then, you know, what good are the looks? Because everybody else out there is going to be looking at the looks. You you are so right. I can attest to, um, you know, we we need to get into um, talking about the, um, you know, the American standard of beauty, what beauty is portrayed as um, handsome and beautiful in the media and in American culture, you know, by the uh, European standards. Um, I was raised on a, along the Gulf Coast, and where where I'm from, beauty is judged by an a European European standard. And, you know, a lot of people where I'm from, they're, you know, we're all mixed up with, you know, uh, uh, Indian and, and French Creole, you know, French and white and all that. So, you know, I come from a, a society where looks was very important. Um, I mean, where, where you had the mulatto people, the, the, the ones that can pass for white, they would marry within their own family to keep their bloodline pure, to keep everybody light-skinned, you know. Or, you know, if, if you didn't have light skin and curly hair, then you, you weren't cute or, you know, right, or, or anything. Or if, or if you didn't have long hair, then you weren't pretty, you know. And basically you know, what I want to get into is um, I grew up as an, as an ugly duckling. I grew up as one of the ones who was not attractive in, in Louisiana. Um, I'm brown skin, and, you know, my skin changes colors. It turns to dark. It turns lighter. You know, I have this chameleon skin. My hair is, a, a, you know, decent gray, but... Um, I was not considered the most attractive person. I was considered black and ugly where I come from. And and even the way my name is, is Mikkel, they named me, my, my, my camp folks, they named me Mikkel because they thought it was a masculine, more of a boyish name because they didn't think there was any way that I would turn out to be pretty. Because my, my dad is, is um, he's a dark French Creole. He has really wavy hair and dark skin. My mother is of Indian ancestry. She ha- she's like brown, and her hair is not all that great. But um, you know, um, so they they figured, you know what? There's no way she's going to come out to be a pretty little girl. So we just going we're going to name we can't name her anything like Priscilla or something pretty like Maria. So we, we're going to name her Michael. And so when I was born, I was born brown with no hair, bald head. They had to take. <laughs> Uh, bows to my head, and 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 I was, and they told me I look like a little monkey. <laughs> so they said you look like a chimpanzee, and all my life they said, "Oh, you were such an ugly baby," and that really stuck to me because they always said how ugly I was as a baby. And you know, and back then people were so insensitive to little children, and they just shunned me because I didn't come out light skinned I didn't, you know, have um, initially my hair later did grow long, but before then, it's like, ooh, you know, so so I didn't know that my name was Mikkel until, like, the third grade because uh, they called me Mike because they thought it was a better fit for, for, for my look. So my name was Mike, and I didn't know that, that my name was Mikkel. Um, anyways, uh, what I'm trying to get at is that, so I grew up with pretty much low self-esteem and always trying to fix, you know, always trying to fix was wrong with me. Then I was real skinny, so I was always teased about that. And um, it wasn't until I grew up and grew out and in, in my mid twenties that people started saying that I was attractive. And and I real by that time I was already jacked up in the head. And 
what I looked, what I saw as attractive to me because I was put down so much was a, a light-skinned man with wavy hair and all that. And so we all went after the light-skinned guys with the wavy hair, the ones that look Puerto Rican and stuff. My, even my, my, my kid's father, my um, first husband, only the only man that I married, um, you know, he was a, a little lighter than me, nice-looking, you know, look, you know, didn't look black and and so that's how my kids came out looking like that and um and this man was was so abusive you know physically till um is is in as fine and handsome as he was that turned ugly real quick i couldn't wait to get away from him that those good looks went down the drain from that point um i got into another involvement to another relationship um in the early 90s, and this guy was half Puerto Rican, so you can imagine what he looked like. You know, I mean, he looked like you can cut him out of marble, but that relationship was just basically on, on the physical because he was so fine, and I was trained to, you know what I'm saying, go after the fine-looking guys, but he treated me so bad, and his attitude was so stinky till he was so ugly in the inside. After that relationship, I was so burnt. Till um, I didn't want any any relationships, and I and I said, you know what? I just want the anointing. I just want Jesus. And then even after coming out of, okay, well, you know what? I want to be married now. This was like three, two years ago. I decided, you know what? I want to be married. And and I kind of like just, you know, just put, you know, it out, it out there in the spirit that I want to be married. And I and at this point, I really don't care about you know, the wavy hair and all that stuff. All I want is the anointing and, and you know, and, and what's on the inside. But, you know, Mikhail, we in now, uh, us dark-skinned brothers. We, Brian, we in now. We, <laughs> I grew up during that period where what you're talking about when, when the women went for But we are in now. They, they, they're out. They're not in you know anymore. What, <laughs> I, I want to just say this. <laughs> now, believe me when I tell you, not, not everybody's going to believe this statement. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, because there are so few brothers that are real men, mm-hmm. even the ugly brothers are in now. Anybody who is a good man is that, in. That's what that's what I want to get to, you know. Hey, we. <laughs> I want to ask you this question, but I I see we have a couple callers in there. Callers, hold on, we'll, we'll get to you. I want to ask Mikhail this question, Mikhail. Mm-hmm. You, you know, when, when you're with your girlfriends, when you let's say when you were out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And you, you were with your girlfriends. Is, did you did the did they just target certain men to to say, well, this is who I want my baby to look like. I want I want a baby to look like this, and that's what they went after. And were they happy when they got that when the, when they got those results? You know, regionally, I would say because um, I lived in in Louisiana, I moved to California afterwards because Louisiana has a whole different set of principles when it comes to that type of thing. In Louisiana, I've encountered that where, you know, people, and even myself, marry, you know, based on you want your children to come out looking a certain way. Most people, a lot of people out there did. Um, When I moved away, um, you had women, they just went for the money. Uh, They they didn't care. Man can be looking like Mafilla Gorilla. They didn't care. Just as long as that man was bringing bringing in the check, (laughs) a lot of them got pregnant for you know, for guys who they figured that could take care of them in the long run. Mm-hmm. So it, it it had nothing to do. A lot of times is you know, especially where you know, in the women who had economical problems, it was more about economics than um <laughs> than looks and love. 
And, and I was one that could never, ever use a man or his, I don't care how broken and how miserable and how much I needed the money and how good I looked. I could never lay down with a man for money and for him to pay my bills. I, I could only be with someone if I, if I was interested in them. Mm. That's me personally because of the way that I was brought up. You know, and the sad part about it is, you know, when where I come from, that's that's that was called prostitution. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, but nowadays it's sort of like, oh yeah, I'm if he's getting some of this, then he's gonna pay for it. You know, and I'm thinking, um, do you not realize that you just called yourself a prostitute? You know, and mm-hmm. they're not ashamed of it now. And even with men, I mean, I see. And you know, in in my line of work, I've seen a lot of situations where, because um, I I do uh, HIV prevention, and so I'm always out in the community, and we're talking with people, you know, we're doing our whatever, and I can remember uh, quite a few times there was guys that were just lazy, good for nothing guys, and their girlfriends are making them come out to get a test, and you can tell this brother ain't working, he ain't half bathing. And girl, be a beautiful young lady. She's trying to make him do something. She's trying to motivate him. She's in college. He's not. And, you know, it's sort of like they take advantage of him because these women are saying there are so few brothers left, you know. Wow. Because they say either they're, you know, either they're not into women or they're Mm. in jail or they're already married. Yeah. And so they see one that's single or they think might be single. They go after him, and they say, I'm going to make him into what I want him to be. Why do you think people have that mentality that they can make somebody be what they want them to be? Well, yeah, like you said, the, the picking is slim, <laughs> you know. The picking is slim, and, um, you know, and it is fulfillment of, of prophecy where it says that seven women shall take hold of one man, you know, to just say, you know, let us buy our own bread and, and, and clothes and let us take thy name to save our reproach. So um, it's, I believe it's, it's a fulfilling of Bible prophecy. Um, and women, you know, we, we, we have an innate desire to want to be loved. We have an innate desire to want to have a man, you know, a real woman does, mm. you know. And so a lot of us, you know, especially when you have the mothering, and then you have a lot of women that have something missing, like a father who wasn't there or a father who walked out who are they're more uh, forgiving toward a man because they always wanted that in their life, you know, yeah. and so they would be more forgiving. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go to the caller. Mm-hmm. We have a caller from the 864 area code. Caller, are you there? Caller from the 864 area code. All right, maybe they're just listening in and that's just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, the one of the other things that I just don't get, you know, and since we're talking about when beauty is too much, explain this to me because I, I, I don't know any women like this personally, but I've heard about them. Mm-hmm. There, there's, some, there's a phenomenon of women out there, and they wear the nicest clothes you ever want to see. They stay, you know, what they call fresh so fresh, so clean, whatever, you go to their house and it is filthy. 
and why why do you think people have that type of mentality where they're just the cleanest thing you ever want to see on the outside when you see them in the road in the street or whatever, but then you come to their house and they haven't washed dishes in three weeks. You know, Brian, that's a that is a am I talking to Brian or Greg? Just Brian. <laughs> you sound just alike. Um that is a mystery to modern science. And and, and it's one of my pet peeves, you know, and especially amongst so called <laughs> church church people. And I, I've encountered that amongst um I've had friends like that. I mean clean as a whistle, sharp as a tack, look good, they take a bath, but you go in their house and you can barely get through the door all the dishes, and and I and it really bothered me because I saw it. It was very common. I mean, nasty, and and I'm like, how in the world you expect to have a husband to take care of a husband, and you can't even take care of yourself. You need to clean it up. And 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 I I just realized that you know, and, and it really really bothered me because you know I had a dad in my life that taught me. He said, you know what, Mike? He said, um. No, don't no man want a nasty woman, no matter how nasty he is. Make sure you stay clean. I praise the Lord for good home training because my parents trained me very well in that area, and um, and that's what I, I basically want to help the women train them. Some people don't think that's important. A lot of women don't. But what the Lord revealed to me is that. That's what's going on in the inside. That's what the mind is like about how whatever is manifesting on the outside, whether it be in the physical appearance or in their environment, that is what's going on on the inside, a mess. I was going to say that. When you have a lot of clutter on the outside, there's clutter in the mind. Exactly. Yes, and that's so true. Mm -hmm. So, Miguel, with the women out there now, that every you know, the ones that want to be married, mm-hmm. do you think the ones that, are out there saying, I want to be married, and you hear them and you see all them on television, get married, get married, they got all these magazines and all this stuff. Do you think the women are really prepared for marriage? From from what I've encountered, a lot of women aren't, simply because of one of the one things that you just talked about, about because um, I've seen them say, oh, Lord, give me a husband, but, man, you as nasty as all get out. You know, you're nasty, you don't want to do this, you don't want to do that, you're saying what you're not going to do, you're not going to, you know, serve, you're not going to be submissive, or they may have a, a, a feminist attitude. And I'm like, you know what, you don't want no man, you want a woman or a pet. Mm. Because I don't know what man is going to put up with that. So there, there are a lot of women who are not ready, and they, they need training, and there are some who are. Some women who are just just God just have them on the shelf just with, like myself <laughs> just you know just 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 ready you know everything's been checked off you know mm-hmm. but um I be, I believe that there should be programs implemented and installed to retrain our women on so that so that we don't fall in unsuccessful marriage yes and you know another thing I want to ask you too when when beauty is too much. For the woman, when she starts to, you know, she's hearing all the time. You guys are hit on from the time that you leave your house to the time that you come home. Guys hit on you guys all the time. And after a while, they start to think and they start to believe, okay, I'm beautiful. Okay, that it's okay to think that. But when you act it and show it, that's another thing. And, and I think, yeah, and, and I think guys, uh, they can pick up on that. 
when when you when a when a nice man goes up to him to talk to him and they you know they toot their nose up because he may not be wearing what they think he should be wearing and not mm-hmm. knowing this man may have a mansion back home mm-hmm. because they don't get the you know they don't give people the time of day a lot of times and and that's what mm-hmm. I mean when when I say some people they look at they they classify themselves above everybody else because of their beauty mhm so, you know, what would you say to a woman that's like that? Um, I, I, I'll, say what I, I'll say what I think I would say to them. Okay, what are you going to have when you start to get a little bit older and that, that beauty starts to fade a little bit? Exactly. The beauty yeah. beauty does fade. And you have some people that just been beautiful all their lives, and they're used to hearing it from a child, and, oh, you're so pretty, and to the point where they've been spoiled, they've gotten what they wanted, and, you know, and and it just went straight up onto their heads, and and it's pride, just pride, and and self centered self centeredness and um, conceitedness, and um, those people just need to humble themselves, whether it be male or female, you know, because I've seen it in men. It's it's it's, it's an ugly thing in the man when a man thinks he's fine. It's one oh, of the most yeah. ugliest things in the world to me, <laughs> yeah. and and it really you know makes me sick to my stomach when I see a man in pictures posing like like he's the sexiest, finest thing in the world, I think it makes it I think that is disgusting. I think it's ugly. You know, to 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 me, um, hallelujah, you know, I'm always filled with the spirit. To me, attractiveness is is confidence, but you don't have to to me if, when a person is insecure, because you have people who are attractive that is is they're actually insecure too. Mm-hmm. Very attractive, but they can be insecure at the same time, and so they have to spread their feathers like a peacock, almost like a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they're afraid of. So, Michaela, you're basically mm-hmm. saying that I can't say that I, that I, you know, I'm the best looking guy on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I I can I can throw the pictures and stuff away. You know, that's not I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just, I, I'm just like, I'm a person that I, I'm a realist and expressionist. You know, I, I just love the realness. To me, a person that can flow intellectually, that can that can discuss, you know, uh, a myriad of topics, and and and, and I mean, we 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 can rock. We can talk about. We can sing Luther. You know, the oldies. You know, the goodies. You know, the guys. You know, you know. I love people that can really flow on different levels. To me, the mind is is another attractive thing when yeah. a person is, is intellectual and smart. You know, that brings me to another question. Uh-huh. Do you think that sometimes our, uh, we attract the folks that, that may not be the best for us because we're thinking very shallow? Mm, I don't think we really have. We have a limited control over what we attract because especially when you're attracted, when you are an attractive person, you attract some of everything. Right. Because every everybody look at that and they say, hmm, I want that. Because, you know, when you see a Benz in the Toyota, most people will want the Benz over the, the Toyota. Whether they could afford it or not, they would rather have that Benz, you know. But, um, you know, I believe that we can project some things, but then you really can't control what kind of people are attracted to you. And, and really the – People are attracted to you based on the limited information that they have about you, first of all, like you said, appearances. Uh-huh. They like what they see. Or if they know that you're a noted 
known figure, you know, mm-hmm. such as we are. When you know people, when when you're well known, you know people are attracted to your personality, to to whatever you project to the public. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I was gonna say that. You know, a lot of times, like, and this is no by no means a criticism of Michael Phelps or anything. I think he, what he did with the Olympics is great, but he is not like a you know Adonis. But I heard uh, there was a young girl on the radio uh, the other day, and she was saying she has fallen in love with Michael Phelps. And, you know, she's a black girl. She says, he's the first white guy that I think I've fallen in love with. (laughs) And I'm listening to her, and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You know, the only reason that you even had an idea of who he was and would even take a look at him is because of what he did. Exactly. You know, and mm-hmm. so, and I think just the fact that she was actually on the radio and she was talking about it really, you know, feeds into that stereotype of just because you have a name recognition and you're somebody, all of a sudden now you're the heartthrob and, oh, I'm in love with this person, you know, because mm-hmm. heard, I heard people talk about, you know, a lot of people in the industry, when I look at them, I'm like, ooh, you, know, you love who? And why? Because they look like, you know, uh, wait a minute, you know? Mm-hmm. And so why do you think that, so, oh, let me ask this question. Why do you think that people believe celebrity is sexy? Because it exudes power and status. And, and that's, that's one thing that women are, you know, attracted to or people are attracted to, power and status. And whoever is the it person at the time, you know, no matter how but ugly they may be, <laughs> they are. They look real good when everybody likes you. You know, the Bible says that men will praise you when you do well unto the, unto yourself, and 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 that's basically a principle of the universe. When you're doing well to your, for yourself, everybody praises you. Everybody wants to be on your team, and it becomes sexy mm-hmm. because because you're hot, you know, and everybody you, you you're the most wanted person out there. So you would be so you know like a trophy. Ah. It's not about love. It's not about love at all. Mikael, what you know, Brian and I, we talk with a lot of kids. We talk with about the Athens program, and we talk with them about life. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely amazing that these girls, I, I just want to focus on the girls, it's amazing that what, you know, how they think. It's just it just blows my mind the way they think. But you know what? The sad thing about it, a lot of that comes from home. Mm. You know, a lot of that comes from that woman that's not really, that, that don't think their daughter's paying attention to what they're doing or what they're saying. Mm. And they're pretty much acting out what they see. Now, that's not mm-hmm. always the case. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, it it, 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 I think it I think it happens more than a lot of people will actually say. And, and the reason I say that is I, I've seen some of the girls and I've seen some of the parents, and I can, and, and when you see them and, and you talk to them, you can kind of tell that, wait a minute, some, something, okay, now I understand. And, and a lot of times people will say, you know what, I, now I know why you act how you act. They'll say it in a funny way sometimes, mm-hmm. but what they're really saying is what they're saying. You know, they're, they're putting it out there, okay, oh, okay, now I see why you're so fast. Look how your mm-hmm. mom is dressing. But, you know, they may not say it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, how important is it for a mother to 
carry herself more like a woman to to treat you know to bring up her child in the right way than for her to continue having fun out there in the world doing any and everything her daughter seeing it yeah i I would say a, a lady you know um because it is easy anybody can be a woman you know it, it, you know but everybody can't be a wife or a lady you know every woman can't be a wife every woman every woman is not a wife every woman is not a lady but every lady is a woman every wife is, is a woman and um basically um you write that the, the the little girls that they learn by uh their environment either what's there or what's not there because uh if the woman i mean if the if the if the mother is not um available uh, the devil does have have other alternatives such as BET and, and you know all this nasty stuff on television and, and the, uh, the you know what's in the media, what's in the music, what's what's on the videos and 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 they 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 will whatever seems popular and acceptable at the time, children will will gravitate to. I really fault the media. I really fault um, the rap and the hip hop industry how they portray women as you know big booty, bubble booty women with no drawers on or no I'm gonna say draws like an old school, no panties or however they do, and portraying us to be nothing but eye candy. And and so so now that's a new description for a model. A model now is a woman with no clothes on, as as opposed to how we thought about models when we grew up. They were runway women who wore fashion clothes. Now the new models they wear no clothes or very little clothes. And so girls they want to grow up to be a stripper. They want to grow up to look like the women with no clothes on. And and even if like if the mother is is uh is not available, a lot of times the women the, the mothers are single parent heads of household. They're at work. They can't be there all the time. They can't be there for homework. They can't be there. You know they can't monitor the children because they're they're busy trying to keep a roof over their head. And I understand that because I've been through that. And so therefore your children are left to to themselves. You know. And and you can do as much as you can. What I did, and and, and my oldest daughter got pregnant um, in high school, and that's because she wanted to, you know. And it wasn't that she was not taught, you know. And that was a decision that she made. Um, but so far as them knowing right from wrong, now now you know she made that one mistake. She's 22 years old. You know she got pregnant at 18 years old, right on her senior year of high school. But now my my daughter is is on automatic pilot. They're ladies. All three of them are. You know, all all three of them minister and witness to people. They they all carry themselves accordingly, and it's because of what I instilled in them earlier on. The foundation. Mm-hmm. The foundation, and the foundation is on Jesus, on the Bible, the Word of God that has no, you know, it's it's I it actually is our moral, the moral fiber of our culture is based in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think it's just so important that, uh, what you mentioned about foundation because a lot of people will say well if you if you taught them and you raised them well then why did they make mistakes you know and i think everybody makes mistakes there's not a person out here that hasn't made a mistake Mm -hmm. you know but i think the most important part about that is that when they have that foundation they have something to fall back on Mm -hmm. you know and so it's so important that we build that strong foundation especially in our young women because Nowadays, there's so you know, there's so many things that can capture and capture your attention. You know, like I know I have two young daughters, and I try to and I stay on them about certain things. I stay on them about what they have on, what they're wearing, 
if is it a, you know is it appropriate? Hey, is your underwear showing? You know, you don't have cleavage yet, but still don't show what you ain't got. You know, I mean, as a man, you know, and I guess it's it's sort of like a, a question uh, that that as a woman you probably couldn't answer for a man. But what would you tell men about how to raise their daughters? Well, I really can because my, you know, I have a dad and. Um the way I grew up, and I just love my dad, you know, for being there for me. When I was a little bitty girl, I couldn't walk around with a slip on. I have we we have to always cover up. That's right. You know, and and even with me, you know, um, raising three daughters single, my daughters have never seen my naked body. They have never seen me with no clothes on. That's right. Ever. And and you have uh, you have a lot of women. It's like oh they just we got the same thing. Well, Mm-mm. that don't mean it needs to be shown that discretion is 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 a jewel. There's women who who take baths with their little boys, oh, but their yeah. two and three year olds is old enough to ask what is that, mm-hmm. and they think nothing is wrong with that. Walking around with no 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 clothes on or half dressed is just ter- is just wrong. So I would advise a a, a, a father. Don't let your daughter sit between your legs, and you know, put her on your lap at the edge of your uh, at the edge of, of your lap. Don't let her rest on your on your private parts, right? Because she's going to want to do that to to another man, the, an uncle or somebody else who may have a perverted mindset. Teach your daughters to to walk around dressed, robes on. Don't walk around your children with boxer shorts and, and stuff on, because something might slip out. That you can't you can't control, and they may see something and wonder what's going on. That's and parents, yeah. you know, pay attention to when you're making love at night that your kids can't hear you. You know, because you may be getting it on and ooing and eyeing and stuff, and they they may be having a bad dream and knocking at your door and wonder what those noises are. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's just a way <laughs> to do things. Yes, and you know what? Because that's so important what you said about the little mm-hmm. girls, because Michael, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of women right now that were molested by kinfolk. Oh, yeah. And they've never told anybody. Right in their own house, and they never told anybody, and they're struggling with that. Mm-hmm. And it, it happens when they're little. I don't want to change the topic to that, but it's so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because we feel a lot of times we feel that okay, our daughter's in the home, she's safe. Hmm. That's not always the case because that uncle or that auntie now that's starting to happen now has tiptoed or gone in the room, and you thought that they were in there safe because they were in there with blood. No, 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 mm-hmm. not anymore. You can't do that anymore. Exactly. Yeah, and and and, it, and it's been that way, and I've I've also seen it when they leave the little girls along with teenage boys. Oh no, you don't do that. Because because you have them, you know that that would allow teenage boys to babysit the the little kids. Mm. You have because more, there is no yeah. babysitting. Hmm? I'm, I'm sorry. You have more harm happening in the household than you do outside of the household, mm-hmm. and you and, and you may never know it. Your daughter may come to you one day, 40 years old, and tell you, Uncle such-and-such such did this. You didn't mm-hmm. have a clue. Right, right, and, and, I, and I think that 
that's why a lot of kids don't tell, I believe. I know they're scared, but I think that's really why a lot of them don't tell because it's so close to home. And, and they're afraid to, they're afraid to speak to speak negative against adults because a lot of times they were raised to respect adults and, and not to say anything bad about adults. And you know, kids need to know that 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 you can believe them yeah. because a lot of people don't regard what they have to say. If they say anything, they're always wrong. You know, children need to know they need to believe that that you would believe them. There's even little girls that were molested and. Um, and they told the mother, and the mother did nothing about it and knew what was going on. That's that's a mystery to me, too. Mm-hmm. Don't you say anything about that because this is a family. We deal with things inside the family. And now that mm-hmm. kid is just, no, they have to they have to grow up and deal with that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Brian, I think you had a question. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I was going to actually uh, ask a different question, but now that you got on that subject, you know, I just wanted to hear, I actually wanted to hear what she had to say about it. But, you know, the the reality behind this whole uh topic we're discussing, you know, and that's when beauty is too much, is that I think it's all about perception. You know, I think a lot of it has to do with what do you what what has been perceived by many as the quote-unquote standard. You know, and when people get caught up in those standards and those, oh, you have to look like this, oh, you have to look like that, you have to have this, you have to have that, you know, so many people get lost because they're trying to keep up with that standard. And, as you know, uh, we know about these standards. Over the centuries, they have changed. I mean, because... Oh, yes. What, mm-hmm. I mean, just, what, 10 years ago, you know, uh, the definition of a beautiful model was white, thin, six mm-hmm. feet taller, taller, you know, and rail thin, you know, barely starving. And now you have models that are jet black with no hair mm-hmm. that, you know, are some, some are tall, some are short, you know, some are plus size, you know, and so you have the whole redefinition of what a model should look like, and it's really based on what people perceive. Yeah, and yeah, whatever's going on in the fashion world <laughs> at the time, you know, whatever, whatever is in, whatever is hot at the time, and, and the, but but there's always been just this one standard of what you know this beauty thing, like Miss Universe pad the, the pageants. You know, they're not necessarily models, but there's a, if if you look at Miss Universe, there's like this this standard of you know the the the, the pretty eyes, the pretty nose, the pretty mouth, the bone structure you know, the shape of the body, if you have it all from head to toe. The Bible said Absalom had it, had no blemish in him from head to toe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and then from, I have a brother in the Lord who I love to talk to sometimes, and he told me about, and he helps me to understand men. He's like, you know what, Mikhail, he said, some men are attracted to parts, body parts, because it's hard for a man, you know, for an act to, you know, in, in reality, to meet a woman that has everything in one package, so they may be attracted to a body part. <laughs> yeah, and and that's why they may look at different women to try to put all them parts together and make one woman in your mind. But then there's some people who are walking around with all the goods, and that and that's that's the hard thing. Whenever you're walking around, you look good. Your body is in excellent shape. Your, your face it looks great. You know, excellent bones to everything together. There are people who look like who who have that that going. 
you know, and it's very hard for people like that because because people are afraid they're like a creature. They're like a, a creature that's, uh, that's, that's, that's uncommon. Mm. And those people have a hard time dating. They have a hard time convincing people that I'm real, you know. They have a hard time in relationships because some people, they, they're just so fascinated with the outside, they can't get past that. Wow. So a lot of those people wind up, you know, uh, single for a long time, like Holly Berry. A lot of the beautiful women, beautiful people who fantastic bodies and faces, they, they're single. Mm. Kind of or have a you. hard time sustaining a healthy relationship. Yes. We have about three minutes left, and I want to ask you this question. Do you think the media placed too much emphasis on beauty? Well, that's that's the money maker. I mean, they have to because that that's what makes the money because they, they don't put, you know, average. Well, sometimes they do depending on what they're trying to sell, but those are the people who everybody wants to be, and that and that's who who are going. Everyone everyone loves to look at a beautiful woman or a beautiful man. It's just something to look at. Hmm. You know, so I I, I believe that you know it, it could be unrealistic. The average American person doesn't look like that, but they're the ones who stand out, and they're the ones that they know people are interested in, and so. Hey, like on Soul Food, they put all the fine brothers with the biceps and triceps up there because they know Tyler Perry knew it was going to break in the millions. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) And that's so sad because, you know what, that leaves the children or or, or young teenagers, they try to be just like what they see on television and it's causing all types of problems because, a lot of them may not be as beautiful as that 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 person that they see on there. Mhm. Yes. So Brian, what 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 did you have for for Mikhail? I know we we talked about when beauty is too much. You know, I wanted to uh actually let Mikhail give out her uh her contact information as well as you know, talk about where you can get the book from, The Good Side of Evil. Okay, yeah, but Good Side of Evil has nothing to do with beauty has everything to do with <laughs> the spirit realm and with the ugly things that are going on in the end times. Um, you can um, go to my website, www.mikeltrahanministries.com. That's M-Y-K-E-L-T-R-A-H-A-N ministries.com. Or my, my MySpace is pretty popular and pretty active. Um, it's myspace.com forward slash prophetess Mikel. And, and on either one of those websites, my book is downloadable. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. So go to the MySpace page, purchase the book, support Mikhail, and I want to close with this. You know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Beauty is only skin deep. Those are some of the things that we hear. But the truth is, beauty is what you believe it is. Exactly. That being said, <laughs> you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us this evening. We pray and hope that you have a wonderful week. For those in Florida, be careful. That storm is still churning out there, but we know who can quiet the storms. So we just ask you all to be careful, and we bid you a good evening. And I want to also, uh, before we hang up, I want 
thank Mikkel for joining us again yes. on our anniversary. <laughs> thank you for having me on our anniversary. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's just a testament to the fact that she's such a, a sweet and wonderful spirit and the fact that we're still rolling. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you. Good evening, and God bless you.